0: Welcome to Full Court Press on Missouri Women's Basketball. Welcome to Full Court Press on the Missouri Women's Basketball team. I'm Cameron Connor, joined by the Columbia-Missourian beat writers for Missouri Women's Basketball, Nate Marcus and Shannon Belt. Guys, we we finally have a name for the podcast. We didn't have that last week. We, we do have a name now. It's going to be officially Full Court Press on Missouri Women's Basketball. How are you guys doing so far this week? Did you make it? through the snowstorm last week? Any any stories? Was it just bunkering inside? What uh, what was the o- overall gist? I walked to and
1: from downtown a couple times without falling, which okay. is a huge development for someone from the West Coast.
0: That is. That's good, Shannon. How, how do you survive the snow?
2: As long as I don't fall, I feel like I've survived winter. I have yet okay. to fall. I don't have snow boots, but... We're making it. We're doing it.
0: It's okay. That's, that's what I like to see. My, uh, so, you guys both live downtown, right? In like, general vicinity or area? Yes, no? I live over uh, near West Campus. Okay. So. I live okay.
2: at the Rye, so
0: yeah, downtown. Okay. Yeah, no. I uh, See, I live down, like, way down Providence at this place called The Row, and they did not mm-hmm. shovel or anything, so we were just kind of like barricaded. For, for days, but it was okay. We got we got around it, made some fun of it. I made a snowman. That was, that was see, fun. See,
2: that's <laughs> what I want to do. I've never truly played in the snow, but then once I get out there, I don't want to play It's in too the cold. snow. It's too cold. Yeah, it's <laughs> just too cold. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I, I see what you mean. I mean, I guess, like, being the Colorado person, I'm like, all right, like, I'm going to make the most of it because in a weird way, I guess Colorado-wise, it was always one of those things where, you know, like, we got the 10 inches here this past week in Missouri. Colorado gets that more than Missouri, but on occasion... It just snows a lot more frequently than it does in Missouri. So you experience a lot more. So when it actually does snow here, I go back to like being a five year old. It's like, oh, like, no way. So that's, uh, yeah, that was kind of my overall mentality. I think the Missouri women wish that they were having a little bit more fun or that were celebratory (laughs) with the snow that was going on. It seems like it might have affected them quite a bit here for some reason. You know, that game was moved up from its original playtime. On Thursday, because of the snow, they took on Ole Miss, sixty-one to forty-five.
2: Jeez.
0: What? Uh, <laughs> what happened?
1: The offense wasn't great. Uh, they scored fourteen points in the first half. Yeah. It, it was just like they were turning the ball over a bunch. I, they were run off the three-point. almost did such a good job of running Mizzou off the three-point line, and it was just like ridiculous. You know, they're one of the best three-point shoot, three shooting teams in the country coming into that game, making over eight a game, and they didn't make one, only shot seven attempts. So it was just like whatever Ole Miss wanted to do on the defensive end, they did it perfectly.
2: And I think on Missouri's side for, like, offense, I feel like Ole Miss did a great job at defense, like keeping them off the perimeter, but I feel like they just didn't want to shoot. It's like they thought that they could win the game with going to the paint, which is rarely their go-to. It's like they forgot what they were good at, and then they stopped doing what they were good at. Whereas Ole Miss was like, oh, we're not good at shooting threes, but we're going to shoot them, and it was making them. So I don't know. It was very odd.
0: No, that that's a really good way to describe it. I, I watched most of the first half of that game, all of the second half of that game, and throughout the entire process of it, to your guys' points, Mizzou wasn't trying to shoot threes along the perimeter. It seems like their ball movement wasn't there. They were constantly trying to go – either north-south or in any sort of way, they were at least penetrating towards the basket. And people like Shakira Austin kind of just took advantage of that at full force. (laughs) Ole Miss is an extremely good defensive team. That's kind of been their backbone of the season, the way they've been in a lot of games. And I don't know exactly what happened, but it was also very, very well known that with whatever offensive scheme Missouri was trying to put out there, it didn't work whatsoever. And Asia Blackwell was like the main person who kind of got the short end of the stick of that.
1: Yeah, she scored only two points. Uh, What you were talking about uh, with Ole Miss, uh, they full-court press Mizzou a lot on Thursday afternoon. And, you know, Robin Pinchton's team likes to kind of work their way into a good shot on offense. And if teams are taking away five, ten seconds of that, pressing them in the backcourt and making them work to get the ball across half court, that makes it that much harder to get a good shot off.
2: Yeah, I agree. But I I feel like this is not their first. Of course this isn't their first time getting the full-court press, but I think Ole Miss just does it. A little bit better, just with that. Uh, I forgot the the guard's last the, la- the last name of the guard from Ole Miss is Monk, and she got like seven steals. Like she just was like almost like almost like Mama Dembele on defense for Ole Miss, where it's just like she's quick, she's aggressive, and it makes it harder to get past that half court and into the motion offense, which is kind of like a slow moving offense.
0: The funny thing is, if if you look at this game Uh-oh. on paper, if you actually go to the stats. The only thing that blaringly went in Ole Miss' direction was the total rebounding. Mizzou in total rebounds got out-rebounded by 12. There were 17 offensive rebounds from Ole Miss compared to Missouri's four, which is that <laughs> not, usually you're not going to win a basketball game that way, but when you're looking at the overall field goal percentage, yes, Ole Miss shots a lot more shots, but Missouri women have a better field goal shooting percentage from the field. It still wasn't great, 45%, but compared to the 39%, Somehow Ole Miss was just able to generate a lot more, even though they weren't making a lot of their shots, they were able to generate a lot more offensive opportunity. And it was something that, from your guys' opinion, when you're looking at this Missouri women offense, for one, do you ever think that's going to happen again this season? Because hopefully it won't. And for two, what are the things you think they need to adapt on now to to make sure that doesn't happen?
2: I feel like they need to, like, everyone needs to rebound. It kind of is like Asia Blackwell is like that's been like the main story when it comes to rebound, the mini-Rotman, the this and that. But if you don't have, like, LaDasia Williams, who's the tallest one, not rebounding or you don't have any other asset, because she's still two points in all, she's still got ten rebounds. So if she would have been scoring, she would have still got that double-double. But if the rest of your team isn't rebounding as much as they should against a team with 6'5", Shakira Austin, you've got to do something or, or at least be boxing out.
1: Yeah, like Shannon said, uh Ole Miss had a player, her last name was McGee. I can't remember her first name for the life of me, but she only averaged about thirteen minutes a game going in, and she grabbed nine offensive rebounds. Jeez. Like you just like she had ten total, but nine were on the offensive end. Like you need your whole team to be getting after the boards, especially when you're at a size disadvantage like Mizzou
0: is. They definitely were at a size disadvantage, which I'm not trying to sound like a broken record or circle back to it. That's why I don't understand why. When they were such at a size advantage they were constantly trying to get their points in the paint instead of trying to exercise and go around the perimeter. This is a team that does extremely well shooting the ball. It seems like Haley Troop has really come around to that. Lauren Hansen in general has made huge surges this year. You have Haley Frank who's continued to be consistent. That's what they're gonna have to do going forward. And to your guys' points, when you oh. when you're looking at the rebounding side of things, you know that Asia Blackwell is going to get hers. But it goes back to, you know, just like simple fundamentals. It's yeah. I mean, a lot of us, I'm sure, whether it's for teams or whether it's for competitive, co-rec, whatever, people have played basketball. One of the first things you do is when the opposing team takes a shot and when your team takes a shot, you're boxing out. You're getting low. You're getting on someone. You're putting yourself in that position. And it was very, very evident that Missouri wasn't up for the talent, to the challenge for that.
2: Yeah, it was a lot of like, it's kind of like what Coach Robin Pynchon said after the game, like a lot of ball watching. Which, as a like an ex basketball player, you could get caught in that habit very quickly because there's so much going on. You tired. You running back and forth. So now you're just looking. You know you, the shot was taken. You hoping someone's gonna get to it from your team. But if it's not you, who's it gonna be? And if Asia Blackwell is going for every one, what, what if she don't go for one? Then it's like now that's how it's a whole bunch of offensive rebounds for the other team. So uh, I don't know. It's the basics, but the basics are the the first things to go for some reason (laughs) when things are when a team is struggling.
1: Yeah, like you said, it's boxing out and it's effort and Mm -hmm. some of its size. But if you box out and you get to go after it, then a lot of the times you're going to grab the ball. And Robin Pinchin on Sunday said that's what they were missing.
0: Robin Pynchon was not happy. <laughs> As I, watching that game, you'd see Missouri make a mistake or not get a rebound or miss a shot. And I, I don't know if the cameramen were almost trolling at that point, but something would not go Missouri's way and then cut to Robin Pynchon. It would just be the most furious, pissed off face, disgruntled, yelling. Because usually Robin Pynchon, a lot of the time, she can be a vocal coach, but it's kind of like similar to Conzo Martin type, you know, kind of wait, watch, see what happens, and then come in later and really like reassess now. It was it was aggressive. It was it was a lot of frustration, which I guess from a from a viewer's amusement that that was definitely one one way to look at it. If there is one positive for this, and Shannon, I actually mentioned it to you on when we interviewed you for the closers KFru and Klik shame, shameless plug. <laughs> but when I talked to you about this, one thing that seems like as this Missouri team starts to get back around, it seems like if there's going to be one positive, it's that Ladesia Williams is really starting to get her feet set and get back to where where she was. And that's something that when hopefully this team starts to shoot better and move the ball better on the perimeter, having that weapon inside is going to contribute a lot.
2: Yeah, I almost was – I just thought about this now. Like, in the last game, Lodeja Williams did really well too. So I feel like maybe their thought process going into Ole Miss was like, okay, we're going to really utilize her this time. But then instead of utilizing her, they relied on her. And you can't rely on just – the one six foot four forward when they have like three that are six foot plus who are gonna go out of you like you need to have a balanced scoring which I think is something that Missouri sh- they struggle with I feel like even when they do balance it it's like maybe just the five players it's not a lot coming from the bench other than Ladeja Williams so but that is the one positive for sure
1: <laughs> I agree with Shannon uh it's gonna be kind of the same thing when they play Tennessee on Thursday like Tennessee is a big team they're talented like Tamariki is a Big physical post presence Ray Burrell and uh, Jordan Horson are both like very talented like six two six three players, and Missouri is going to have to utilize Ladesia Williams, but they're going to have to be balanced they're going to have to shoot the ball well if they want to win that game.
0: do you guys think that that's something that Missouri might utilize going forward, at least against the the larger teams that they go up against, is the fact that maybe LaDasia Williams start to integrate her way into that starting role, even if it's only against those teams. Because obviously when Missouri's played small ball throughout a lot of the season, they found a lot of success when they really can get up and down the court quick, find open layup shots, cuts, or of course, usually the three ball is not what it was last Thursday against Ole Miss. Do you think that's something they try to experiment with so that from the get-go, not only do you have someone like Ladeja Williams in there, but of course, when you combine that with Asia Blackwell, at least you have that physicality that's on that team that can maybe open some people up?
2: I think so. I think it would take off less pressure if Ladeja Williams kind of rotates back to the starting Uh, role. But I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one.
1: Uh, in this game, I, not in this game, I think in all games when you're playing people who are big and talented that you worry about foul trouble. Mm-hmm. And Missouri isn't mm-hmm. in a special deep team in the post areas. So mm-hmm. if she gets two quick fouls, it's kind of just like, yeah, oh, where do you go? Because, you know, if <coughs> Haley Frank or Asia Blackwell, like Asia, may not. Like, but if those two get two fouls, it's like, okay, we have Ladeja to bring it off the bench. Like that's just like kind of a nice security blanket. But if you start her and it's just kind of like, well, are you bringing in one of the guards or... I don't, it's a tough situation.
0: That's yeah. an extremely good point. I mean, f- for both of you, it's, th- it's the point where you kind of, is that the kind of play that Missouri is going to have to deal with going on throughout the rest of the season? Because a lot of these teams know that that's the kind of risk they're making or jeopardizing if they kind of get into that situation. And also, I don't, may- maybe I'm taking it too far with a grain of salt or maybe I should take a grain of salt because once again, this is not the Missouri women's team we've seen all season. This was, our, in my opinion, I think it was probably the worst game I've seen just like, in entirety of put togetherness yeah. there there was a few other questionable ones in there but with the 20 turnovers I mean they had what eight nine in the first half it's just maybe it was the snow I don't know what it was <laughs> they, they just weren't really getting off the bus I just don't necessarily know if that's what we're gonna see from a team that's usually a lot more engaged
2: yeah it just seems like they when they have off nights it's like really off like mm-hmm. it goes really bad and then everyone has to like then they always say, like, we have to take a look in the mirror. We have to do these types of things. Because when they have an off night, it's just really bad. It's not just, like, a couple of mistakes. It's, like, 20-plus turnovers. Because I was trying to figure out, like, is it, like, a common thing when they turn over the ball, like, this much when it's the bad games? And kind of, sort of. Because even against Missouri State, it's, like, once they are out of it, they're out of it. And it's hard to kind of get them back into the game.
1: Yeah, when the, it's, I feel like it's been like that second quarter that's been so huge for them the whole season. Like they've fallen behind a bunch. Like LSU, they fell behind. Arkansas, they fell behind. Uh, Texas A&M, they fell behind big. And it's like, okay, that second quarter, if they pick it up then, it's like they're good, they're fine. Yep. They come back, they make it competitive, or they win. But it's been those games where it's Missouri State, Arkansas, uh, Mississippi State, where it's like, oh, they go down and then they don't throw a punch back. And it's like, wow, this is – it gets ugly real quick.
2: (laughs) It does. It's hard to watch because it's like you you could see what they – you see what they could do. And then I feel like once you go throughout the game, you're like, okay, well, they still have the three-point shooting. But then I feel like when they need it the most, they can't really pull it out because I feel like when it's too much pressure on the three ball and how much they're – like how good they are at it, I feel like it's a mental thing where it's like, well, okay, now I can't do it. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but it seems like – once it's time for them to make the threes, sometimes they don't always do it.
0: So if that's going to be the case and they're going to be playing a very, very talented, very competitive Tennessee game, they're not seven anymore, but they're still 13. What is Missouri going to have to do so they don't have a first half that we've seen in their worst moments?
1: Make threes. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, again, it's a like, good start. Like, that, it's, it's <laughs> like, it's so, it sounds so simple, but that's just going to be that every time they play a team that is... Talented like Tennessee is, they're going to have to shoot the ball really well. And Tennessee is going to come in angry. They got blown Very. out in Gainesville <laughs> on Thursday night. They got blown out at UConn on Sunday or yesterday. So, I mean, that's going to be a team that's going to come in with a lot of energy. They're going back home. Uh, Tennessee is going to come out fiery and hot. And this is going to have to be ready to answer that challenge right away.
2: Yeah, it's unfortunate because I feel like it's a similar setup as the Mississippi State game. Where it's like a team has the adversity and Tennessee's going through their adversity, even though they're still ranked. Not very much adversity, but it's still like you lost two games back to back. UConn could be expected, but not even because UConn, I don't know where they're ranked at, but that could have been an even match. But you're not supposed to lose to Florida. So Missouri is going to really have to not even just make threes, but just come out super, super aggressive.
0: It's going to be an interesting thing to kind of unfold with because even though we're still going to be focusing on the Tennessee game this week and then also Missouri comes back home Sunday, February 13th to play Arkansas, for them this is not an easy schedule no. the rest of the way because you you have a Tennessee, then you have Arkansas, who you lost to, you have Georgia in Athens, who you lost to, you have Mississippi State at home, who you lost to, then you have a tough Kentucky team and then now you have a ranked Florida team that has kind of proven – all right, they are a little bit more legitimate than people were th- thinking early on, but that's just kind of how the SEC goes in women's basketball. It kind of fluctuates up and down with how this happens. One of the most, uh, or I guess not peculiar things, but an interesting thing that I thought that I saw Robin Pynchon say was that she still thinks this team is extraordinarily young, even though you're seeing the Asia Blackwells, the Haley Franks, get into that senior year role with Asia William, Haley Troop. And the reason why she was saying that is if you look across the board at a lot of these other SEC teams, because of the COVID rules, because of that year of eligibility, Mm -hmm. a lot of these teams have played together for four, five, six years. So when you're going down the stretch, especially in SEC play against these veteran teams, maybe that's what they're running into and some minor adjustments need to be made, but it's got to start with Tennessee.
1: Yeah, like to... Uh, go off your point, like, every time I write one of these previews and I'm looking at these other teams and looking at stats, I pull up a player, and, you know, with men's college basketball, it's like, okay, you know, if you know it, it's a freshman. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a sophomore. (laughs) Maybe you'll get that every once in a while, junior or senior. That's an elite player. And then with the women's basketball game, especially this season, it's like graduate senior, graduate senior, graduate senior.
2: lots of graduate seniors. And that that does put Missouri at a disadvantage just because the maturity and just experience, really, but feel like they could they still have overcome I mean they, their youth I feel like they've grown a lot their youngest starter is Mama Dembele so it's like I I think they could pull it off I think they could pull it off and I don't think that their the youngness factors in too much but it, it definitely could especially with the mental errors and uh, forgetting the basics yeah
1: nope. sorry and with that tough finish I mean you're still gonna have games with your favorite in at home yeah. uh, the Arkansas game Probably should get that one at home. They didn't play well in Fayetteville. I think they'll get that one at home. And then that home game against Mississippi State. They're surging. They're playing really well. Mm -hmm. But I think Mizzou should win that game too.
0: I agree with you guys. I think they should. I don't think they had their best overall matchups or their best play when they play those two teams at the beginning of the season. Especially from what we've seen out of this team. And one of the things that you do have to highlight, because even though, especially when you look at a game like an Ole Miss or like a Missouri State earlier in the year, where everyone needed to contribute more, especially highlighting to that Ole Miss game. This team needs more from Asia Blackwell. And usually, if you want to look at this season alone, 99% of the time, she's going to be giving you a minimum double-double. <clears throat> so she's already usually counteracting and balancing. Right. We found out very, very quickly, the one time she has a bad offensive game, how south it goes for this team.
2: Yeah, and I would kind of combat that and say the team needs more from Haley Frank. Mm-hmm. That's I don't know if that's a controversial take, but I feel like she doesn't shoot as much as she should. And if she gets shooting like early on cuz she'll get shooting like second quarter, ending of first quarter, if she's going to be if it's going to be one of those games. But if it's not one of those games, it could it could be the fourth fourth quarter. She's the best shooter. She's the most accurate shooter. She's only like a few like a point two points off of Asia Blackwell so if they could get her shooting more and I think it opens up her shooting opens up more for everybody else
1: and like Shannon said when she's shooting that counteracts these teams in the SEC that are big and physical because you're going to bring out those six four six five bigs out to the perimeter if she's when she starts and if she's hitting threes you get that team in a bunch of space and all of a sudden the offense is just flowing so much better than it was or is
0: you're exactly right hopefully that's the case and Shannon, I agree with you too. It's it's not just an Asia Blackwell thing. It's it's a complete unit that needs some effort from a lot of other people, and that starts with your second option.
2: Yeah, Haley
0: Fra- Frank is the second option, and it it just can't happen because sometimes when one of your best players struggles, you need the other one to pick up the pace, and it just wasn't there from their second, third, fourth. <laughs> Eventually, Ladeja Williams got going, so at least that was confident. She had practically had she did have half their, well, over, more half than their- over half, yeah. yes, <laughs> which is can't happen. It's going to be great. It's going to be an accent for them down the stretch if they can continue to balance and counteract that, but it's going to start with Tennessee, which is going to be February 10th, which is Thursday at five thirty p.m. in Knoxville. Win or loss for that game? W- one way that we're going to have to start closing these podcasts all the way up until hopefully we're talking about a tournament berth. What do you guys think? Honestly, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Give me give me a score prediction for Tennessee, Missouri. What what do you guys what do you guys think?
1: Seventy one sixty four Tennessee. Okay.
2: Ooh, that's very specific. <laughs>
1: it's a score. It's gotta be specific. That's true. I think Mizzou, that's true. I think Mizzou comes out hot. They show a little energy. They play better. And I think Tennessee being the more talented team that they find a way late at home.
0: Shannon?
2: <sighs> this is tough. I'm gonna say Sixty-two, sixty, Missouri. I feel like it's gonna be a last-minute thing. Might go to overtime. This is just this is I. This is like me playing devil's advocate. I I don't know. I like to see upsets. I think this, and this is not just because I covered Missouri, but it's just because I I just like to see upsets. So I think that if they build off of, if they develop that chip on their shoulder from these past two losses, then they should go to Tennessee and really shake some stuff up. So we will see.
1: Yeah, and to kind of boost Shannon's point a little bit, the has showed they could play with the best teams in the country. Yeah, I, they took number five Baylor at the time, and I'm pretty sure they jumped back into the or up from number nine to today. But they showed they can play with them until the last minute. Obviously, beat South Carolina, and they've showed they can play these tough teams down to the wire and beat them. So could see one on Thursday.
0: You're right. You. You Perhaps. both are correct. They're a very legitimate, competitive team that can hang with anybody. It just happens to be they have to play their best basketball. I'm totally with you. Yes, we're all Mizzou students here, <laughs> but we we had to cover this as objective as possible. Of course, we of course. want them to win. Of course, we want to see that upset. I'm not going to pick them for that upset in this game, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go 74 to 68, Tennessee. So we're all in a very, very similar ballpark as far as things. Even though, I hope I hope you're right, Shannon. Because I would be <laughs> attempting to do backflips and. Not landing them in in my apartment, (laughs) but so that'd be great. If they don't get that game, though, the other game that we mentioned this week, Sunday, here back in Columbia against Arkansas, a tough game earlier in the season that they ended up dropping in Fayetteville. That might be one of those games where there's still a lot of games left. At the moment, NCAA tournament-bound-wise, they're projected to be a nine-seed by the bracketology from, from the NCAA. So, it seems like this is going to end up being a tournament team. But if they lose that one against Tennessee, there is some pressure. And especially with those games at home down the stretch, like they, they got to start winning them.
1: I don't want to call the Arkansas game a must win because I don't think it is. But mm-hmm. it just is going to feel it's like it. it's going to feel like a must win on Sunday at home against a team that kind of comparative in yeah. your kind of seed range. I think they were projected an eight seed on that uh, bracket. Mm-hmm. So, they lost on the road. They're going to have to show up at home. It on Sunday against Arkansas.
2: Yeah, I feel like if they don't beat Tennessee, that just it puts a lot of thing. It puts a lot of pressure because can you afford four straight losses when you're trying to get to the tournament? I don't know. I don't know. So I I, I kind of would say it's a must win. They and it's at home. You know, it's everything should line up, but every sometimes just don't line up. We will see though.
0: We are going to have to see, but either way, thank you all for listening to this version of this podcast. This is Full Court Press for the Missouri women's basketball team. Once again, I'm Cameron Connor,
2: Shannon Bell, and
0: Nate Marcus. Thank you guys all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Full Court Press on Missouri women's basketball. Music by Pistol Jazz, produced by Cameron Connor.